Welcome to the Fansmanship.com podcast, coming to you from San Luis Obispo, California. Where you stand? Welcome to the Fansmanship.com podcast. Owen here, and it's been a little bit since we've taped a podcast, so I thought I'd give a quick introduction. Happy to have you listening in on today's podcast. We have um, Chris Sylvester, Cal Poly play-by-play extraordinaire. Chris talks a little bit about what it's like to be out at the Big West Tournament, which is in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay Event Center this year. Uh, both the men's team and women's team the last few nights have got wins. The men's team uh, beat Cal State Fullerton, overcame a late charge, and really led most almost all the game, um, which was pretty cool to see them uh, be able to fend that off. And as a 10 seed, get a conference uh, tournament win. They'll, they'll play Irvine actually in a little while today. I'm taping this on Thursday morning uh, early. And so uh, the women's team came back yesterday and also uh, got a little bit of a, uh, I guess it's not really an upset. They beat Long Beach State at Cal Poly, uh, I think a couple times um, earlier in the season, but the women's team got the win. Sierra Camposano uh, had a great game and they also get UC Irvine. So I know the women's team has some unfinished business against the Anteaters after a couple of tough losses that they took in at Mott earlier this year, probably like a month, month and a half ago now. Um, And I can't wait to get to the Mandalay Bay if they have it there next year in Vegas, vaccinated. Man, I'm going to be pumped uh, to be on site over in Las Vegas. I think that'll be a really fun thing. I I love the Honda Center too. Maybe it'll be back at Honda Center. I don't know. Um, But but I, I can't wait to have a, you know, uh, an event that I can go to like that. Uh, to this year, it just wasn't in the cards for me for a number of reasons. I usually love to go to the Big West tournament when I can. Um, one of my best sports memories is there when Cal Poly won the Big West title. Um, and uh, I got a decent picture before I really knew what was going on with photography. I still really don't. Got a decent picture of Ridge Shipley's uh, last second kind of three-pointer uh, to to win the game there. Um, going to this podcast, uh, Chris Sylvester, like I said, he's in, um, he's in Las Vegas this week. I also had from the big sky podcast network, uh, Brent Wahlberg. He's a big, uh, Montana Grizzlies fan. And, um, what happened there was many big sky football schools, uh, decided not to play. There were, I think five of them. And a lot of the media personalities from those schools that aren't playing, uh, have hitched onto a team this year uh, as a fun uh, thing to do to be able to follow somebody. Um, they'll they'll go back to being Montana fans or uh, Montana State fans or Northern Colorado fans or whatever as time goes on. But for uh, Brent, he's he's rooting for the Mustangs, and we're excited to have him on board on the on the ba- on the Bo Baldwin bandwagon. We talked a little bit about what could happen this upcoming weekend in Cal Poly football's first. Man, first game in what, 15 months? Holy cow. Uh, so we're all excited to see that on Saturday. It'll be, I think, around a, a noon or 12.05 kickoff. I'll be there and I'll be excited to see what this new look Mustangs football program 
uh, is all about, and uh, you should probably watch too. And we talked with Chris about that uh, in our first segment as well. Uh, he'll be calling the game on the CW here locally, and it'll also be available on Pluto TV. So without further ado, Chris Sylvester and Brent Wahlberg here on the fansmanship.com podcast. I'd like to welcome Chris Sylvester live from Las Vegas onto the fansmanship.com podcast. Chris Sylvester, last night was the first night, uh, we'll get to some football in a second, but last night was the first night that the Cal Poly Mustangs basketball team won a uh, postseason game since, what, 2014. So take me through what it was like to be in the empty, mostly empty building as Cal Poly held off Cal State Fullerton um, to win the 10-7 game and um, get the at the UC Irvine Anteaters on Thursday night. Well, Owen, um, it's it's funny that we're doing this because earlier this morning, I went back and listened to uh, a podcast of yours that I was on. I think it was the first time we had actually talked in ever. 2016. Yeah, ever. Um, and so little did we know here in 2021, um, it would be what it is. But uh, man, I just I felt so good for Cal Poly, their coaches and their players. It, it's not been an easy uh, last couple of years uh, since John Smith got here in terms of wins and losses. And they've had a lot of games where they've either gotten close or had a late lead, but couldn't really hold on. And uh, so for them to hold on, uh, albeit, uh, you know, they, they had a big lead most of the game and uh, they they didn't trail after you know Fullerton hit the first bucket of the game to go up three nothing. Polly never trailed again after that, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, we, we knew coming into the matchup that it was a favorable draw for Cal Poly, being that you know Coach Smith had had been on Dedrick Taylor's bench for six years, and uh, Polly played Fullerton pretty well last season, and you knew it was going to be a high scoring game. You, you just weren't sure if Cal Poly was going to be able to outscore. Cal State, right. and, you know, the Mustangs had the uh, a bottom 10, you know, points per game average in the country coming into yesterday's game. But, you know, they're, they're two sophomores, Colby Rogers, Ali Karoma stepped up and uh, really cool to be in that arena last night for um, what, what we all hope is a, a big step forward for the Cal Poly men's basketball program. And I'm I'm a fan, you know, I, I, I really love Honda Center as well. But um, this this is a little bit of a more intimate setting. It still is a 12,000 seat arena um, when, when fans are allowed in. But um, I, I think this is a great venue for the Big West. And, and personally, I, I hope they keep it here for years to come. Interesting. Interesting. And, and, you know, like you said, the, the, the Mustangs have, have had, you know, not the, not the greatest season in terms of wins and losses. And it was really nice to see, especially for those seniors, guys like Mark Crow and Keith Smith, who've been through a lot um, at Cal Poly, be able to come out and, you know, win at least uh, their first tournament game here uh, in their senior season. Of course, Riley Till as well. Um, You know, all those guys have put in work. All those guys have made sacrifices. um, And and it's nice to see those guys uh, come in and and be a, a key part of the of the win, whether it's Keith's defense and, you know, he made, he knocked down a couple big shots and, and Mark played excellent defense as well. And uh, we saw Riley Till kind of do all the little things, including the block uh, down the stretch that uh, forced Fullerton into a, 
a tough out of bounds play um, on their last offensive possession. But you mentioned Ali and you mentioned Colby Rogers as sophomores and the jumps and leaps that they've made. And it's something I think that I've uh, paid close attention to because, you know, you talk about guys who are freshmen acting like sophomores by the end of their freshman year, you know, that's kind of a cliche thing that you hear people say, talk about and, and act on, frankly, you know, when you have a freshman who gets a lot of playing time, uh, a la Kobe Sanders and, you know, last night, Brantley Stevenson played a great game last night um, on both ends of the floor, uh, really doing a great job defensively on, on Fullerton's uh, uh, leading score. But but you get to the, the sophomores who start to play like upperclassmen a little bit, who start to have that poise after going through what they've gone through, a lot of ups and downs. And, and um, I know you interviewed uh, Ollie a few weeks ago. Um, but but I'm interested in your perspective on on both of those guys, those sophomores who, you know, were freshmen during John Smith's first year and really have a chance to, um, as this program improves, hopefully, uh, you know, do some do some big things over the course of their career here at Cal Poly. Um, what did you think of their play last night and just their development in general during this year? I mean, you if, if you're not excited about the future of this program, you know, assuming that the the core of, of those two guys and, and the freshmen and uh, the other guys that they have coming in with, with this next recruiting class. I mean, you have to be excited, man. I mean, Colby Rogers and Ollie Karoma, are, are there, are there other sophomores right now in the, in the big West doing what they're doing? You know, not that I know of, um, you know, for, for them to have taken on this role, this, this leadership out there on the floor. And, uh, you know, Ollie had 18 points in 16 minutes last night. He doesn't get in foul trouble. He might go for 30. Um, Colby, right. Colby kind of showed off his whole arsenal last night. He, he knocked down his jumpers, got to the rim and scored a little bit, uh, got yep. out in transition a little bit too. So, um, you know, for, for Colby Rogers, uh, we all saw flashes of it last year. He hit some big shots. And uh, while he, he struggled through the first portion of the Big West uh, season this year, uh, he's he's been playing his best basketball the last month or so. And, uh, something that the coaches have often talked about is uh, where we would be during a more normal season. You know, usually yep. we play about 30 to 32 regular season games before you get to the conference tournament. Last night for Cal Poly, that was game 23 for them. And uh, rather game 24 for them. And so in a normal season, we'd, we'd still be in, in early February. And obviously uh, it, it would be a little different in terms of what we saw this year with the back-to-back games at the same site against the same opponent. I do think okay. that work worked against Cal Poly, but uh, Colby Rogers, he, he sat out of back basketball activities from July to October and didn't, didn't do anything because he was dealing with some tendonitis and he's finally getting his legs under him. And we're seeing how dominant of an offensive player he can be at this level. And he averaged close to double figures last year. He's averaging close to 12 points per game this year. It wouldn't surprise me at all if if he averaged, you know, 15 or north of that next year in a full season, you know, if he could stay healthy. I mean, he's he's that gifted of a, of a player. And, and one thing I've always gone back to when I think about Kobe Rogers and, and what he is now and, and where he might be headed as a, a talented college basketball player, Mike Wozniak, uh, one of the greatest shooters that Cal Poly has ever seen, gave him the high praise early last year in his freshman season and said that he's probably got the, the nicest, the best jump shot that Cal Poly's ever had in their Division One history. 
And, uh, you know, just, 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 he's just so comfortable. He's such a rhythm shooter and, you know, Ollie can, can create a lot of, um, uh, nightmare matchups for you inside and he can step out and shoot the three ball too. So, uh, man, uh, you know, the, you know, three and 19 in the regular year, one and 15 in the big West, but for them to come here to Vegas and throw all of that out the window and, and kind of have that, why not us attitude and, and knock off a, a Fullerton team that, that has some older guys on there that might be a little more athletic in certain positions, um, it was it was nice to see, man. And, uh, you know, Paulie had gotten really close, as you and I know, in a lot of games right. down the stretch of the regular season. But to, to watch them finish last night, to watch them get that stop, knock down the free throws, to put the game on ice, um, right. I, I think that was a, a really right. re- refreshing sight for everybody. And you know what? Uh, let's let's go see what uh, what we can do tomorrow night against UC Irvine. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned all the on-court stuff. You know, it'd be great if, you know, you could get a couple guys who are juniors next year who are, you know, combined averaging upwards of, I don't know, maybe 30 points a game between the two of them. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility when you look at the trajectory of both Ali and Colby together. Um, but the thing that I've really noticed is kind of the leadership um, on the bench, the body language. It's all things. Those are all things that have gotten to an upperclassman level. Uh, I feel like as as the season has progressed this year and and for a team that has won as little as they have this year, I think it's a really a testament to both of their character to see how they've kind of taken responsibility and taken that leadership mantle as sophomores to be guys out there who are who who, who other guys, you know, can look to both in terms of, yeah, scoring the basketball or playing defense or whatever it is on the court, but also in terms of, you know, attitude and body language and everything else that that matters in the college basketball, in the game of college basketball, to me, those are things that are, uh, you know, maybe just as important as you try to build this Cal Poly program if you're John Smith and company and have, you know, guys who are younger than them, everybody's trying to get to that point where they're, you know, confident and comfortable, you know, at the, at the level that they're at. Um, and, and, and I love watching, you've heard me bang this drum. I, I love watching, you know, amateur athletes and college players, especially, you know, improve over the course of their four years. And that's been something that's been tangible. Um, if you look at, you know, maybe December or November to now, and, and even last year to now, for both of those guys in terms of their improvement and, and, and ability to be a, a, a go-to guy kind of uh, on the court and on the sidelines and in every way, just a real leader. And, and, and I've just, that's been one of the treats of this year is watching both of those guys develop along with the seniors that have, that have you know, kind of led the way in terms of intensity and, and staying competitive the whole time. Um, those are things that bode well, um, you know, for the for the entire team as well. Looking, you know, looking towards next year, they're less quantifiable, but they're certainly they exist. <laughs> they're they it, it, just because they're not quantifiable as easily doesn't mean they don't exist in terms of, you know, how those guys have 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 worked on that part of their game as well. So that's that's been fun for me to watch for sure. Yeah, and and I think that all the hype surrounding. The, the frosh class that's here now and, and playing their first season with Cal Poly, you know, these guys didn't get to practice together until October mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were shut down for a little bit in November and then got back and then got shut down again in late December into January. And, and, you know, you had the first two weekends of conference play uh, completely wiped out. So um, when you think about it for John Smith, he had a very incomplete first off season because he wasn't hired until, you know, late March, early April, and obviously last off season he couldn't really do anything until 
we we got word that we would have a season because for a long time it was looking like uh, we might not have a season. And so hopefully with the, the light at the end of this COVID tunnel that I think we're all seeing, hopefully, um, you know, this offseason um, can, can pay dividends. And I know they're going to explore the transfer market to, to fill some gaps with, with the departing seniors. So um, yeah. I, I'm really excited for the future of this program, man. And I mean, come on, I, if you follow Cal Poly basketball, and if you've you've gone through the trials and tribulations of this season and you saw what that team did when their season was on the line last night, how could you not be excited moving forward? Totally agree. Totally agree. hundred um, percent. Switching gears to something else that's pretty exciting, which is kind of the, the main topic I think of this podcast uh, is uh, for, for this, for this episode anyway, is Cal Poly football. The Mustangs have been out for, who knows, almost two years, I guess, year and a half <laughs> um, but since they, since they last played a game. They've had a coach for 14 months, <laughs> 15 months, right? Who's never coached a game, which is, uh, I don't know, it must be unprecedented, right? To have a, a coach coach a team for over a year and, and, and not be able to play a game. How fired up are you to see the, you know, the Cal Poly football team? And, and Chris, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect. I just know that I'm really, really excited to see some football, even if it's three home games and three road games this year. Like, where, where's your head at in terms of football? Um, did you forget how to call football games? I know you're going to be on the CW here in San Luis Obispo doing a little bit of TV work uh, locally here as well for this game. Well, you know, my mom says I have a face for radio, so I'm not sure how, how well <laughs> that's going to that's gonna work out uh, moving forward. But no, I'm excited. That'll be that'll be fun to to do it on the television side. But uh, yeah, man, you you literally hit it right on the head. Like I'm as we speak doing notes for the game this weekend, and my brain is just so messed up because here here we are in March, and and we had that dramatic win in basketball last night. Um, we got sixth ranked UCLA coming to Bagot for baseball this weekend. Stangs are playing well. Um, uh, on the diamond, they've won five of their last six after, you know, dropping three of four to Nevada to open the year. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it feels so weird. <laughs> it doesn't, I, 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 it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's going to happen. It's only a few days away, but I mean, what's it going to feel like when we get there and it's mid March and we're playing a big sky football game. Is it going to, is it going to kind of mess with our minds and, and make us feel like we're in like September or October, or is it just going to feel weird the whole time? I don't know. I mean, I, I have to go back and watch a couple football games in its entirety to make sure that I know uh, what a touchdown is and, and other stuff like that. Um, but no, well, I, and, I, I'm excited. On top too. of that, you I, got a new coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, you're exactly right. I don't, really know what to expect i had a chance to make it out to the scrimmage as did you a couple of weeks ago and uh you know jalen hamler is is the guy um as we suspected he would be i was surprised to see that hunter rickay the uh kid who was at fresno state for a year and then went to monterey peninsula up north um he's third on the depth chart behind connor bruce who um is the backup quarterback at least on the depth chart um mm -hmm. Uh, Lepi Lataimua is the starting tailback, although I don't know how much Cal Poly is going to run the football. So I think what I'm most intrigued by is just kind of and type of weapons Bo Baldwin has out there. Uh, Michael Roth, who 
um, was here under Tim Walsh, but wasn't utilized much as the starting tight end. And he, he really impressed me at that scrimmage um, a couple of weeks ago. I had some, some big, long catches from Jalen Hamler. And so, you know, Southern Utah, the Thunderbirds coming to town, they're 0-2. But in their right. first two games, they've had a lead inside of 10 seconds left to play in the fourth quarter. In their first game of the season, they lost on a touchdown against Northern Arizona as time expired. And then this past weekend at home against Idaho State, they gave up a game-winning field goal with, with five seconds left. So, um, you know, what what do we expect from a team playing its third game versus a team playing in its first game with a new scheme under its uh, new head coach? I don't know, but the Thunderbirds haven't won a road game since 2017. They've lost 14 straight away from uh, Cedar City. And uh, I think, Paul, that this is a good first matchup for Bo Baldwin. Yeah, it's a good opportunity. I'm I'm just, you know, like I said, I just have no idea what to expect, Chris. Like, I have zero, zero expectations. Um, I know that Coach Baldwin has higher expectations than that. But, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what, what offense looks like um, in, a new, in a new era. I know um, a lot of Poly fans have been, um, you know, antsy to see a lot more passing. I think you're going to see that one way or another. Um, I think you're going to see... Um, guys who are just really, really excited to play football. That said, when you haven't played a game and as long as they haven't played a game for Chris, man, it's going to take, it's going to take some, some, some getting used to. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a super ugly game in terms of penalties, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, little, little things that, that when you're, you know, when you're at practice, maybe you're not really thinking about, but once the game gets going, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole other story. I know coach Baldwin is big on details. Um, he was very active during that scrimmage in terms of, uh, you know, continuing to teach detail things, special teams, et cetera. But, um, but I just, I, I just can't wait for football right now. I, you know, Spanos, there's not going to be nobody there. <laughs> I'm going to have the run of the stands uh, to take some pictures uh, throughout the game. Uh, and it's just going to be, it's just going to be an odd, like you said, just an odd experience, but um, I'm so thankful that they are playing. Um, I'm so glad that, uh, that those guys get an opportunity, uh, to, to, to play before, before next fall. And, uh, and I can't wait to see kind of what it looks like. Um, I think, I think guys who are guys who haven't played, you know, a traditional wide receiver role like Xavier Moore, it's going to be really interesting to see how they develop, um, into that role in the six games that we have. Um, and, and, and how often they're kind of targeted and looked at and, and, and whether Cal Poly can do to other teams what we've seen happen, you know, throughout the big sky over the past, you know, three, four, five, six seasons, which is, you know, a really high powered conference in terms of passing offense, usually. Um, and, and Southern Utah, and hey, at least it's not Weber State right away, right? At least it's not a top five team that they have to play, which is, you know, often the case in the big sky uh, coming in. So. Yeah, you know, the, the big sky is an extremely tough conference with the Montana schools out of there, it kind of uh, makes things a little bit easier. Uh, Montana was on the original uh, schedule here for Cal Poly in the spring before they decided to opt out of uh, the, you know, the Big Sky spring season. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, they're gonna, Poly's going to have this, this first game at home, then they're going to have three on the road, and then they'll have two at home. And, um, you know, unless they put together you know, four out of six wins, that'll that'll probably be it. But you know, I wouldn't put anything past Bo Baldwin because, uh, you know, this is a guy that's 
won a national championship at this level. And, and while the expectation might not be for that to happen right away, if you were to ask him, he would, he would say, why not? <laughs> and so, Correct. um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see offensively, schematically, what it's going to look like, who's going to struggle, who's not, who's going to make that quick adjustment. Keep in mind, this, you know, this is you know, high school football of 10, 20 years ago. You had a lot more teams running the wing T and, and the option offense. Pretty much every high school runs some sort of version of the spread offense in today's day and age. So while you, you did recruit a lot of these guys for the triple option offense, they probably didn't run that in high school. So for, for Jalen Hamler talking to him, he thinks that it's going to be easier for him to be in this role. And uh, I don't know how that you know bodes for the offensive linemen who are typically a little bit smaller than, than other teams' offensive linemen, at least back when Polly was running the triple option. But I think the beauty right. of this spring season is that Bo Baldwin can kind of gauge like, all right, this is going to work for me. This isn't going to work for me. And then he can either go explore the transfer market or, or the JUCO market and see what he needs for the, a full season in the fall. Right, right. And and you mentioned no Montana schools, no Northern Colorado, no Sac State um, either. And I think there's maybe one other school. In the Portland. Portland State decided not to have a season as well this year in the spring. So we're going to, you know, Cal Poly is going to play the rest of the teams and see how that kind of shakes out. Of course, next year, the Mustangs will go to Montana twice in 14 days. Um, in the fall is scheduled and so I'm I'm trying to think man do I really want to like maybe plan like a two like a two and a half week your uh not your semi yeah, like Yellowstone slash like Mount Rushmore slash like you know go go check out the Great Plains and camp and do some things in between maybe I don't know um just kind of throwing it out there in terms of like what what you could do you know if, if, if you really want to I've always wanted to kind of get up to a game in Montana of course that's so far away at this point, you know, we, we barely know what we're going to be able to do tomorrow. Chris, as a reminder, all three of those games uh, are going to be on the CW locally and also on Pluto TV here. And then the rest of the games, the road games, you'll be calling on the radio on ESPN 1280, right? Yeah, I'll be doing those with uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Stephen Hodges. He'll be uh, yeah. doing radio. Yeah, Stephen, uh, very familiar if, if you follow the high school scene. He, he did the uh, the radio show on um, our flagship radio station, ESPN. Um, and he's also done a lot of other high school football work in the area. And so I'm excited to work with him. I don't know who they're going to have on radio this Saturday. I mean, Zach is supposed to be on. But if the women's team advances, uh, as they hope to do, then uh, who knows? Maybe we'll ask you to, to call the game, Owen. Hey, you, you bring me in. I'll do a I'll do a pretty mediocre job, but um, I will get the well, job done. I mean, the fans are used hopefully. to are used to that anyway. With me, are you to my mediocrity? Are you? No, no, you're not mediocre, Chris Sylvester. Um, <laughs> awesome. So, uh, like I said, it's Wednesday. The, the women's basketball team is playing tonight. The uh, men's basketball team plays their quarterfinal game tomorrow on Thursday, and then on Friday. You know, whatever happens with basketball, there's also going to be a baseball game at home against, uh, I guess, a top 10 UCLA team um, as well. And, and the Mustangs baseball team, like you said, after that early uh, sluggish start against Nevada, um, have kind of reeled off a couple of really nice series uh, victories at USC. They won two out of three and they swept Utah Valley in pretty convincing fashion uh, this last weekend. So they're they're going to be uh, matching up against a really good UCLA team and really testing themselves 
as uh, they get ready for conference season. Um, in the baseball world, you know, they're going to have to play two additional conference uh, series. Uh, so they, you know, they play UCSD and Bakersfield now um, instead of what they've traditionally done, which is play up uh, to some bigger schools a lot. Uh, when you talk about playing some some Big 12 schools, some Big 10 schools sometimes, et cetera. So that'll be interesting to see how that affects the conference. But there's just so much. This is the ultimate crossover season this week, Chris. This is like if, if COVID wasn't a thing, and I guess it's the ultimate crossover season because COVID is a thing. But, man, I, I feel like if I had a private jet, I'd be back and forth to Vegas, to a top 10 baseball game, to the first football game of the year. This is just a sports fan's dream, and and – I guess everything's pretty much on on the air. You can catch a baseball game streaming. You can. Uh, uh, oh, and the... I, I don't. I mean, I, I was thinking this was the dream, but <laughs> I mean, you know, the days are still only 24 hours, man. I mean, I really did. I really thought, wow, you know, especially after the eight month lull of absolutely nothing. Um, I really did. I really thought that this was this was the dream, but here I am, just I'm cramming for. For, for football on Saturday, I got basketball tomorrow. I got baseball this weekend. Oh man, Owen, it is. Uh, <laughs> it you is. You got a lot going on. A lot going on. It'll it'll as long as we, as long as we're still breathing by the end of March, I, I think we'll be okay. Well, you know, once once the the basketball season's over, we're just going to be dealing with football and baseball, and um, football will be over before baseball is, and and it'll all be over before you know it, and we'll be into the summertime. So. I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Chris Sylvester, thanks for taking a few minutes away from your prepping out in Las Vegas. Have fun uh, watching uh, the women's team tonight. And then, of course, uh, calling the game for the men's team uh, on Thursday night and beyond if they can pull off the upset against UC Irvine. I'll catch you on uh, Friday or Saturday uh, at baseball or football, depending on how the different teams do out in Vegas. Sounds good, Owen. Always appreciate coming on uh, the Fansmanship Podcast. You have the best theme song in the business hey miles davis that's that's my man uh you know look him up check him out he's a really good podcast producer actually he doesn't produce this one but if you want like a really higher level podcast production miles is your guy for sure so there you go shout out miles all right chris thanks So Cal Poly football especially has a brand new super fan. Uh, there was a contest via Big Sky uh, Twitter. I think Big Sky Twitter is a real thing. Big Sky Conference Sports Twitter. And there were probably three or four at least fans of teams that needed to be able to root for somebody this spring since there were five teams, I think, that didn't have seasons. We talked about them with Chris Sylvester as well. Uh, those teams were UC Davis, no, excuse me, Sac State, um, 
uh, Portland State, the two Montana schools in Northern Colorado. And so there were some uh, there were some people without without teams to root for, including many people in Montana. I think there was the the Northern Colorado play by play guy. I think was in on it, maybe. Yep. Um, and one of them is uh, somebody we've had on the podcast before, Brent Wahlberg. And Brent, with the help of uh, with an assist from Nicholas Cage, uh, became a Cal Poly fan. Brent, what's going on, man? <laughs> hey, Owen, how you doing? Go Mustangs. Man. I'm great. <laughs> I'm fantastic. It's uh, it feels it feels good to be the newest super fan member. Of- of um, Cal Poly the Nation, the Stang Gang. Yeah, yeah. See, this the is the thing. Gang. You're gonna you're gonna have to cue me in on you know all the the catchphrases and all the fun stuff because I'm I'm in my infancy as a fan here. There are there are not as many catchphrases probably as <laughs> as um, as there might be in other places, but the Stang Gang is a real thing, and um, and you know the 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 phrase is ride high, ride high, you Mustangs. Ride high. Talk about so. Got yeah, it. Yeah, and and the. Uh, a fun fact that I may have said on this podcast before, you know, there's a there's a fight song and it has all these old cowboy terms, which might be fun for for somebody from Montana. They talk about kicking the frost out and burning the breeze. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, it's like ride ride really hard, you burn the breeze. And if you're you know you kick the frost out in the morning, um, and then it talks about cutting a rusty, which is apparently to do one's best. So you know, there's a lot of cowboy terms. Cal Poly is really a uh, traditionally, pretty uh, a pretty ag school, you know. Um, there's a lot of agriculture stuff, um, a lot of ag business, um, a lot of you know pre. Uh, there's a there's a dairy unit. Um, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Pretty close to the football field, actually, on campus. And so, um, you know, Polly's got a, a a pretty big ag uh, influence in terms of its history. And then, obviously, it's a really good engineering and. Uh, an architecture school too. It turns out. So there wow. you go. That's it's a quick quick synopsis. <laughs> the, 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 there's lots of majors at Cal Poly, but um, but but that's kind of where we're at, and uh, we're happy to have you on board uh, here rooting for the Mustangs. We can all watch them. I, I guess everybody will watch them the same way Brent's going to watch them this Saturday, which is on Pluto TV, and uh, probably with Chris Sylvester, our friend, on the call. So that'll be that'll be a fun thing to uh, to take in. Finally, after what 15 months since Bo Baldwin. Uh, for, former national championship coach Bo That's Baldwin right. got hired in 2019. <laughs> I think December of 2019. I think it was. Um, I was in an airport in Baltimore when he got hired, and um, and it was a really exciting hire. And I was bummed that I couldn't be at his introductory press conference. I've been at practices over the course of the entire year of 2020. Mm. I went to practices and. You know, in uh, the spring of 2020, when they tried to do a couple things here and there, I think, I think there were spring practices last year for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that there were fall practices this year for a while, and then uh, recently went to some practices. There was one where it was raining, and it was fun to fun to take some pictures. What what made you pick Cal Poly, Brent, oh out of all the teams in this contest? And who else was in the contest, and who did they pick? <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously as a Montana fan, I've got no one to root for. Although now technically we're playing Portland State. Um, <clears throat> and, Are you guys uh, doing a scrimmage? We're doing a friendly with Portland State and with Central Washington. So weird. S- see how that goes. Our our uh, it'll be a, no decision yet if fans can be in attendance. So um, we'll we'll find weird. out. Uh, but yeah, so of course the Big Sky Podcast Network, which consists of all sorts of different podcasts from around the Big Sky, uh, those of us that were out in the cold without a team to cheer for, uh, decided yeah. to put ourselves uh, out there for uh, you know um, 
to to pick up a school to to find a school to cheer for and and to follow along with. And so the recruiting period was was fascinating to say the least. Uh, my uh, one of my Grizz fan podcast cohorts, uh, Mike Nugent, was uh, rapidly courted for um, uh, by multiple schools. And unbeknownst to other, you know, uh, to the because there's no rules, I guess he no. he he committed to two schools. <laughs> so he's an is Eastern that a, is that and a, is a that Weber. NCAA in violation? Is that a, is that an infraction? <laughs> he's an Eastern and a Weber fan. So I don't know how that works, but uh, so that I, seems like somebody who's trying to run run to the front of the line and, <laughs> and bandwagon it up. I think maybe. I don't know who he's going to cheer for. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I would assume they play each other. So I don't know how that's going to work out. But I guess we'll see. Totally. Uh, So uh, the Tubbs and the Club podcast, which is uh, Idaho, was quick after me, Um, and then uh, Weber kind of shot me this kind of, hey, yeah, come on the team kind of thing. But uh, it's kind of funny. Interestingly enough, when I first put it out there, I put a poll on my Twitter page. What school should I go to? And it was uh, it was kind of funny because, of course, like my Twitter accounts, ninety percent Grizz fans, and so oh, yeah. half of them were just blown away. Like, what are you doing? Like, you just don't cheer for anybody. It's the Grizz. And it's like, well, we're gonna have fun with it. Like, I want to cheer for a team this spring. Totally. Totally. And so you know, but of course. Grizz Nation, they, we have we have our strong opinions of who we definitely don't like, and so you know it's like don't cheer for Eastern, uh, you know don't cheer for Weber, um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, two Grizz players actually told me they said if you cheer for anyone you should cheer for Cal Poly. One of them was Andrew Schmidt, uh, who is well known on Twitter, and for those of you Cal Poly fans who recall go, right, right the first the opening game against the Grizz in 2008 Andrew Schmidt had a good night as a Grizz running back uh where uh receiver uh what's his name was it Ramsey's Barden was that who it was uh-huh yeah tore up our secondary but Andrew Schmidt uh matched it on the ground and a missed field goal resulted in a late Grizz win uh but he said he said the campus is beautiful the area is beautiful. The stadium is one of the nicer stadiums in the conferences. And honestly, if you're gonna if you're gonna go anywhere, if you're gonna be anywhere, you want to be you want to be in San Luis Obispo. So I, I took that to heart. And you know, there was a, a very nice late pull from uh, a certain um, impersonator that sent a personal message my way that uh, most definitely swayed me and come to find out i actually have a family member in law who has a degree from cal poly awesome that's great <laughs> who, who is it is it like is it like your wife's second cousin's uncle literally i think maybe uh i think it's something like that he like he like lives in boise and he yeah. comes up to grizz games and he cheers for both idaho or cal poly but never the grizz so yeah <laughs> that's great that's great fantastic yeah so so it so it runs deep cal poly runs deep in your blood or yeah. in your in-laws blood in your wife's or something yeah somebody's blood um and, somebody's. and so we're we're happy to have you uh we're happy to have you on board here uh it's been two weeks since things actually started in the fcs and um i always think i'm gonna say that wrong because i haven't been talking about football in so long um, it's been two weeks and, and I don't really know what football is at this point. Like I, I haven't watched any of the games. I haven't mm. tried to keep up, you know, quote unquote. I know that, um, you know, we had a little bit of a pause here, 
which caused our uh, season to get pushed back by a few weeks. But luckily, there were a few bye weeks built in, and um, I think everybody's kind of on track now. And um, I think, you know, as far as like a, an opponent for the first game for a brand new coach in a, in a you know, after a 14 month layoff, uh, I think you couldn't really ask for, you know, somebody to play that I think is, is, isn't going to just stomp you maybe, but it has played some close games and, um, and, uh, in, in, in Southern Utah, a, a team that, uh, that, that, you know, people might be like, huh, why not? Why, why, you know, why, why, why couldn't we beat Southern Utah if, if we're Cal Poly? And so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of how everybody comes out. I'm, I'm not expecting a, I'm not expecting a, a clean game, Brent. I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> that teams, you know, I, I know Southern Utah's played a few games here, but you know we haven't. So I'm 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 really interested to see how how crisp and clean anything is, and I think it's going to be kind of all over the place, maybe. It's going to be interesting. I um <clears throat> I did watch a good chunk of Northern Arizona against Southern Utah, being a close game. Close game. Well, at Southern Utah, both their games mm-hmm. ended. They lost in the last seconds of both games, so yeah, yeah. Um, you know it, it was it was interesting watching watching um, it just it was great <coughs> to see some Big Sky football back, and that was the NAU Southern Utah game was the first one, and there was the more marquee games later in the day, but uh, you know Southern Utah they it, what struck me was they. They, it kind of seemed like a team. They're a little. They they just look smaller on TV. It's kind of fascinating mm. when you watch, mm. and maybe it's like we've been watching because I've been watching Missouri Valley football games the last couple of weeks. You know, so like I'm they watching got some big guys out there. Yeah, watching Northern Iowa. I'm watching North Dakota State, and even honestly watching the Eastern Washington Idaho game later. I was kind of unimpressed with Southern Utah's overall just size. They had some big guys on the mm. line, but shorter, smaller skill guys. Um, some good some good speed here and there, but um seemed like a kind of a loose, somewhat unorganized team, but um boy, two two heartbreaking so. losses. Yeah, yeah. So it's I mean it's gonna be interesting, right? Because they've got two games under their belt. Usually teams get better as they go. Um <clears throat> but y- y- obviously um Polly has the element of surprise. No one knows what no one knows I mean Probably you know, and, and some other people know. But I like, don't. I mean, that's the thing. Talk. Like, I've I got been no to, clue. I've been to a number of practices. I saw a scrimmage. Um, I think you know. I think the thing that we know is that you know when when teams transition away from the triple option, it's a painful process. Sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you talk about smaller guys. Triple option oftentimes has smaller linemen, mm-hmm. uh, guys who can get out and move a little bit, um, and and the kind of offense and, and linemen that that Bo Baldwin probably wants are a little bit bigger than that. And I know they yep. went out and they got some junior college guys. They got, you know, some freshmen coming in and they're trying to kind of put it together in terms of that offensive line. But it'll be interesting to see like actually how that, how that looks and feels when it comes down to it. Um, Jalen Hamler looks like he's going to be the guy still, which is All a right. really interesting. Um, you know, I don't want to say it's a twist. I mean, Jalen always had the athleticism and we knew he could throw the ball when he got a chance to out of the triple option the last, uh, year or two here um you know whenever you'd watch him in practice and then last season yeah 2019 i guess i should say <laughs> um you know we, we we got a chance to see him throw the ball a little bit we know he has the arm strength for it and and i think if you're if you're going to kind of give anybody the benefit in terms of uh the layoff and and how that's helped somebody i think somebody transitioning 
away from a triple option offense into you know more of probably a spread offense as, mm-hmm. as Bill Baldwin has said multiple he says we're going to be multiple and that means we're going to do whatever you know we need to do but um, I would imagine you know things are going to be pretty spread out and so um, you have you have a guy like Jalen out there you have Quentin Harrison as a receiver who you know has yep. shown sparks and has made some just spectacular catches um, down the field on deep balls um, was one of the you know was one of those guys at Cal Poly who you always could count on for one or two catches for about 80 yards and a <laughs> touchdown, um, you know, throughout a throughout a given season, so or throughout a given game, and 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 then there are going to be other skill guys who maybe like were fullbacks or wingbacks and are going to transition too. So like there's a redshirt sophomore named Xavier Moore who yeah. um, is six one and and really you know a, a fast guy and a and a guy who. <laughs> Kind of is built like a receiver, but played slot back. Um, you know, in uh, in in Cal Poly's triple option, he's going to be spread out wide. Uh, it looks like you know Lepi Latimua is a you know redshirt senior, a guy with some experience who um, who packs a punch in terms of how big he is, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he looks like he's going to maybe be the traditional tailback and maybe get some carries. But you never know. I mean, like guys like C.J. Cole, who's a local running back out of here, you know. Uh, Who's who's from the area is a guy who um, who who may get some who may get some looks um, and and on down the line you go um, I think um, you know you're gonna see probably I would imagine if I had to say you're gonna see some inconsistency you're gonna see some maybe a couple really great plays or drives or quarters and maybe a quarter or two where it's just like you know guys might not be yeah. putting things together and it's it's probably understandable. Um, Given given all the uh, uh, all the all the changes that have happened, and and um, as the guy on Hero Hero Sports, no Athlon, Craig Haley, I submitted a question to him today. Uh, I think his name's Craig. I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. He was he was asking for like a mailbag questions today, and I said, "What do you think about Cal Poly? Who knows what's going to happen?" He was just like, "I'm not expecting much," <laughs> and I'm not expecting much. You know, he's basically what I just said. Transitioning out of the triple options hard. Yeah. And I think I think that's not wrong, but I also am. I'm an optimistic guy, and so as the season goes on, I don't see any reason why, in a weird season, that some guys couldn't figure it out, and that you know a football team can't put it together. I really like what I've seen, you know, in terms of the coaching staff, in terms of the attention to detail that Coach Baldwin has personally been kind of attending to yeah. in different parts of the game. Um, the energy he's bringing every day at practices is pretty rad so anyway those are those are a couple of thoughts i have about it but like you said like i know you're, you're not feeling like you know <laughs> nobody knows brent and and this is this is part of the fun i think of rooting for cal poly this year yeah is that we don't know we week to week we don't know for sure we don't know coming into this week and and um and i have to get used to taking photos of guys throwing and catching the ball instead of guys kind of breaking <laughs> through the line and so you know in terms of my lens choice i mean i'm i'm thinking about it from a photographer's perspective too <laughs> lens choices and and positioning and stuff i i have to i have to like um rethink my whole situation um on some level or be ready for i guess a more multiple kind of kind of uh, eventualities in terms of where the ball could go, how quick it's going to get there, how quick the quarterback's going to make the read. You know, when you shoot the triple option from a photography standpoint for eight years, you know, you kind of get a rhythm of like, you know, how do I get that fullback coming through? How do I get the the pitch out or the option? Or, you know, you can, there's kind of a few spots you can be. I'm going to have to kind of rethink all that 
get my football muscles going again. And, and it's, it's exciting. I, I gotta be honest. Um, I'm really excited about being able to at least be in the stadium and, uh, always thankful for that piece of it too. This is great. So we got to retrain you, your photography as well too. So that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's weird it's, and, and, and how fans watch the game. So this is the other thing. And, um, I think about this in a basketball perspective too. I know you're not a Cal Poly basketball fan. You're st- because Montana's still playing. I think I'm in the hanging in there. Tournament. Yep. No, yep. We're won our first game today. Okay. Congratulations. We won our first game last night as a 10 seed out of 10 teams. We beat the seven seed. We won one game in conference during the regular season. Wow. There's been some transitions happening. Uh, new right. head coach last year. Okay. Um, and so, you know, guys come guys go, you know, there's like a, there's like a couple year process where, you know, you kind of get your roster straight. Um, and these guys have been working really hard. They won last night, but I had to kind of retrain the way I watch basketball too, <laughs> because the old team, the old coach was, um, very much into kind of grinding it out a lot. Um, long possessions. Uh, we beat USC one time, 42 to 39, um, in like 2009, this wasn't like in the, you know, sixties or something, you know, we beat them 42 to 39 in a basketball game. Um, and so that, you know, there was, there was some grinding out that was happening there. And when a new, you know, when, when, when a new system comes in, you have to get used to being maybe more okay with turnovers because the pace is a little bit faster. And I think there's going to be an analogy there with football as well, where, you know, the pace is going to be a little bit faster. You're going to see more possessions. So, uh, maybe turnovers aren't great, but they don't kill you as much as they used to. Right. Um, maybe like, um, uh, you know, different, different things in terms of, you know, third down and fourth down conversions aren't going to be as big of a deal because games are going to be longer and they're going to, you know, there's going to be more plays throughout a game because we're not running the ball, you know, 60 or 70 times or whatever that, <laughs> you know, whatever that looks like. So um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of just how, how I'm recalibrating and how the fan base here, honestly, is recalibrating themselves to different styles. And, and I think this six game season is a really great opportunity for that. And it's, I'm thankful for it, and, and I know a lot of people are, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how people and I mean, think about that. So, you know, and with the postponement of this season, uh, of right. the fall 2020 season, honestly, Cal Poly is the best benefactor of this delayment uh, and because new coach, new system, now yeah. more time with these guys. Um, yeah. <clears throat> O-line, D-line, you probably got a little bit more chance to be in that weight room a little bit longer, put a little bit more yeah. bulk on. So you're not just throwing – like we talked about, you're not just throwing especially a um, bunch of 240, 250-pound O-linemen out there to go a full right. season in the fall of 20. So now maybe you've got another 10, 15 on the frame, a little bit more experience, a little bit more in time just running everything. And, I mean, you, I, you know, me personally, like I look at the list of – uh, coach Baldwin and then his staff too. Like he's got, he's got m- multiple, like Paul Wolf's on staff as well too, isn't he? So yeah, it's like, you've got, coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got two big sky coaches of the year on your, yeah, yeah. Coaching this team, working with these guys. So it, I mean, it's not, it's not a, a you know, an up and it's, it's a coaching staff that consists of a lot of experience and some kind of up and coming guys as well too. So, it's fascinating because there really is a mixture of more time, uh, more things to work on, uh, can kind of yeah. smooth out that transition of, of just getting more familiar with a new design, new coaches and all that. And then you add in the mix that, you know, 
like Montana's got got Bobby Hawk, but and Bobby Hawk's been to three national championships, but he's never won one. Bo Baldwin has won a national championship, and so it's like yep. you have if the pinnacle, if the ultimate goal obviously is to win a national championship, you have by that measuring stick alone, you have the most accomplished Big Sky coach, active Big Sky coach right now, and right. so there's a. I mean, you could look at that. There's so why not? So 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 again, you say like why not? Why yeah? Why couldn't we in a weird year? pull off some weird wins and, you know, and, and be, you know, even if you're, even if you're 20% better than people thought, uh, you know, college, college athletics is won and lost on the margins. And yep. if you're 15 or 20% better than, you know, than you should be, then you're going to be in really, really good shape, you know, in terms of some of those circumstances. I, I think, I think, I, I think the future is bright in, in, in that direction. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to keep you as a, you know, Cal Poly fan after this year. I have no, I hold no, uh, <laughs> I have no, what delusions of grandeur in that direction. But, uh, but I do think, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, next time, next time the, 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 the Grizz come down here to Cal Poly, which won't be next year, uh, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to get you down here too and, and experience the, the majesty. Have, have you ever been to a game down here? No, I haven't. So I have been. Do you travel? Do you travel with Montana sometimes? So I, I traveled, I used to travel a lot more. When the kids were either younger or pre kids, I was going to say you have little kids. <laughs> well, not so little anymore. I, my son's going to be. How old? Si- I've got an almost sixteen year old. Uh, my son oh, will be yeah. sixteen in less than two weeks. But yeah, oh, so I've got a, a sixteen, thirteen. Well, I got fifteen, thirteen, and um, eight year old that'll be nine in May. So yeah, so I have been to uh, the beautiful Sac State. Um, Whatever you want to call that, that was. But it was like did, it was did a long. Did you get to ride the elevator in the back of the press box? I did not. No, I didn't have a press no. pass at that point. I just I okay. uh, uh, just came out. Basically, my the uh, my best man and I was his best man. He lives outside of Sacramento. His family's he's got family in Sac. He grew up in Missoula, but now works for state of California and lives yeah. in Sacramento. And um, so, but yeah, a long time ago, there. Was yeah, their field house there's. Pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, their football stadium what was designed for Olympic trials or something, so it's big. But yeah, yeah it, it's it, big and, and like bleachery. It's yeah, bleachery. it's kind of ugly. Yeah. And then but haven't it's big for bleachery. Haven't been to a game at Davis, but I've been on campus, and so. Okay. Um, but I've been in Weber Stadium. Um, never seen a. I walked out of that stadium feeling good. Seen a lot of losses there. Been to Eastern. Been to oh, Port. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Been to Portland, but not well. What Portland? They're playing at a high school field now. I've been there, I guess. But so, weren't they uh, playing at the? Weren't they playing at the uh, the place where the uh, where the Portland uh, Timbers play? Not la- well. So that so they were playing where when it was a baseball park, and then they were there one year, and then I don't know what happened. I don't know enough about the details. But last year, I think almost exclusively, they played at in the Hillsboro High School Stadium. Really. Really? Yeah. So oh, and, tough stuff. Yeah. They've been there for a few years too. It's and I mean oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, we just haven't played there in a while, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's it's probably still a better stadium than like Southern Utah's, but uh or or uh, Northern Colorado's, but still it's a high school stadium. So yeah, so haven't been down sure. to uh haven't been down there, so, but I, I do want to get there because I mean yeah. I genuinely have been told it's just so, a beautiful area. So so we're going to hopefully talk a few times throughout this year, yeah. you know, and check in and, and make sure that you're still, you know, uh, drinking the green Kool-Aid, <laughs> the Ecto-Cooler, um, if you will. 
Uh, but I wanted to uh, to ask because next year Cal Poly on their schedule that's already been released. Yeah. Because um, it's you know spring already. We have Montana and Montana State in some order within two weeks. Whoa. At Montana and at Montana State. Um, okay. In some kind of order or direction, and so. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, like, if I was a Cal Poly fan, my kids are, you know, four and seven right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to be back in in-person school. I, I don't know how much it's going to be, you know, actual thing that you could swing like a two and a half week vacation. But, <laughs> you know, I was thinking to myself, like, wouldn't it be cool in like the late summer, early fall to visit like, you know, Yellowstone and drive up to, you know, maybe even drive out to like uh, Mount Rushmore even and come back and see like games on both ends of that, that. <laughs> That just seems like, or, or, or go up like, um, go up north into like northern Idaho and Canada, maybe even, mm-hmm. and come back down. I mean, I've been up to like uh, Lake Ponderay for my work one oh, yeah. time, and, yeah. you know, like up past Spokane, and it's really pretty up there. Um, anyway, I just thought, I, I just thought I'd ask because, you know, Montana, I, I've always wanted to go to Montana for their, you know, for their, t- t- to take in a game. I've heard the stadium's a fun place to, to watch a game, and so um, with the, crowd right on top of you everything else Mm -hmm. um and so you know i was kind of wanting to pick your brain a little bit about that for people who are who are you know big travelers from cal poly and and want to think hey maybe i want to catch both cal poly road games in montana within i think like 13 or 14 days (laughs) you could plan a pretty fun trip around that because i'd say so montana state as much as you know they are uh the primary rival where i will never catch myself wearing blue and gold uh, as a combination of colors, um, they have done a very good job with their stadium expansion. And yeah, Yellowstone is about an hour's drive south. Uh, Mount Rushmore is probably a track. It, it's about four. It's four hours in one direction. Uh, so it's a little bit. Is of, that all? Is that all? Just four? just about. Yeah, I think so. I drove. I drove to Mount Rush. I drove to Rapid City from Colorado when I lived in Colorado when I lived in Pueblo actually I was in a curling club mm. you know, it was a, yeah I was, I was in Colorado Springs and we went up to Rapid City to compete in a bond spiel which is a curling tournament so that's a <laughs> random thing that I did one time um, drove up there for like three days and you know curl you know did a bunch of curling events and drank a bunch of beer and perfect was pretty fun <laughs> um, yeah yeah it was a cool deal um, but uh but it's only staying. So that's pretty. That's actually not that far away when you talk about like. I mean, I could be. I know, could be wrong in the drive. drive. Yeah, I could be wrong in the drive time. But and then two, you've got. So of course, like, and, and, and I mean, Colorado. I think in some of the some of these areas in the you know your Rocky Mountain West has some significant uh, historical sites of. Um, uh, battlefields yeah, family and Laramie and things. You know, okay, yeah, Wyoming. yeah. So you, I mean, you've got the the little Bighorn battlefield. Uh, outside of Billings, it's, I mean, it's, a, again, it's, it's on the way, it, well, kind of on the yeah. way. Uh, sure. You know, that's Custer's last stand, as, you know, once known. And, you know, outside of Missoula, you, you've got other, of course, Glacier National Park is about a two-ish hour drive north of here. And, okay. you know, you can be, you can be up further into Canada pretty quickly. And, um, yeah, the, uh the mountains and glacier, and then when you get up further up uh, around uh, Banff and other areas like that in Canada, I mean, you think you've seen mountains before? You you haven't seen mountains till you get up there. It's it is amazing, okay. amazing country. So and it's maybe I'll maybe I'll have to like um, set up like you know how they set up these like group trips, um, yeah. You know for for people and maybe I'll have to do that. Get like a bus and get people everybody fl- flown into Denver and just like you know slow <laughs> drive it up or 
or, uh, or, or convince my wife that camping and staying in a hotel for, you know, two and a half weeks with a five and eight year old <laughs> would be a, a good plan. I mean, I'm sure it would be fine, but, um, I gotta, I gotta maybe do some convincing there and, and, and what are they going to do when I'm at the game? Cause my wife's not like the hugest football fan wow. either. Although my kids would probably get a kick out of, uh, sitting in whatever Cal Poly section there is well, in, in, uh, in Missoula. So, I mean, both in Missoula and Bozeman, game day, the city kind of dedicates its time to game day. Yeah. So if, if... I picture it kind of like Laramie. <laughs> I, I, went to a, I went to a Wyoming game. Um, the, the last FBS school Cal Poly beat was Wyoming um, in hmm. 2013, I think, maybe okay. 2012. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I went up there. My, my wife's cousin married uh, a guy who's the quarterback there in, like, 2008. Hmm through 2010 so not josh allen no pre, <laughs> pre him. he's left-handed his name's karsten sween and um and anyway he moved they him and his family moved back uh they all moved back to to laramie now um but i was really i had a great time like tailgating and walking around all the all the parking lots and and checking out you know everything that was going on in laramie before the game that day it was really it was really fun kind of uh it was a special day for a lot of reasons in terms of cal poly um because they they beat wyoming which yeah. was pretty cool um but um but but yeah it seems like a really cool like there's a lot of cool small college towns that it, really yeah. come out for game day right they come out and then you know for people that don't want to go to the game you, you probably have uh you know a pretty free pass to roam around and check out yeah. downtowns and go places and you're not going to hit crowds and it's going to be easy to get around and do other things so yeah, yeah. <laughs> This kind of post-COVID travel boom, I think, is going to, you know, a lot of people are going to get that bug. So yep. I got to get those shots first, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and uh, and make that happen. So so um, I know it's a little bit late here, uh, so we'll kind of get into uh, what's your prediction from the game. And since this is going to be a weird season, give me like a weird prediction about the game too, maybe. I, don't <laughs> know. I, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot about this, but... What's what's your prediction for like the outcome of the game? And we're all we're both going to be completely wrong. Yeah. Whatever happens, but um, and then and then a uh, a, a weird prediction, something weird that's going to happen. All right. So you know, I, I honestly think that um, I I have watched like I've watched enough of Southern Utah to form the opinion that I think their coach makes a bunch of terrible decisions that puts them in bad spots, and I know Bo Baldwin is even if he is does not have the personnel that he ideally wants to have he's had you know over you know, a much longer time than a normal new coach would have to prepare for this so yeah. i see southern utah losing this game um in probably a similar fashion where they've got i mean they their quarterback can sling it he's kind of the center of their offense they've got a speedy little receiver number 5 but uh, I just I kind of see this shaping up where and kind of the wacky thing is I'm gonna you know not having a lot of insider or insider knowledge here, Bo Baldwin is a smart coach and he knows what he has on this roster, and I'm going to guess that Southern Utah is going to come out looking at tape from. Cal's offense and from Eastern Washington's offense when Baldwin was there. What else do they have? What else do they yeah. have to look at? And I think I think he's going to fool them. And I think you're going to see some sort of spread hybrid that is actually a lot more option based than one might think because that's mm -hmm. where his skill is. And you're going to have and so we're going to have a situation where 
you know, Hamler. And um, I assume, I assume one of my favorite guys on the roster, Zoe Tram Samson's going to have, you know, 20 plus touches or something. And I think Cal Poly, yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's starting at tailback and we just have one tailback. So it'll be interesting to see how we use him, okay. whether, you know, how and whether he gets actual, man, you know, that guy uh, needs the ball. That uh, guy needs the ball in his hand. So <laughs> I love Zoe. Yeah. And, and he's for, for, for a fullback, he was kind of tall and thin. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't really match the, you know, the Joe pro throw or the, mm -hmm. you know, the Jake, he's, he's more in maybe the, the skinnier version of Jake Romanelli, uh, when you go back. But, uh, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, like, like you said, like it could be that Zui does get in and gets 15 or 20 touches. It yeah. could be that he doesn't touch the ball all game and <laughs> he's this a is decoy. what Southern Utah can't prepare for, <laughs> right? This is, they're, they're going to have to go in and for the, for the first half, essentially be like vanilla in their defense. Cause they're not going to really have any cues. They're not going to have any idea what Jalen, you know, there's no tape on Jalen. There's no tape on, nope. you know, the receivers doing whatever they're doing. There's no tape on Zui Tran Sampson out of a single back or, or, or Lepi Latimua out of a single back. Um, there's no, you know, there's just nothing there for it. And, um, and Bo with that much time to, to yep. prepare, I agree. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably kind of go with you on that. I think it's going to be a pretty close game, um, which is great for, you know, our first game under a new coach and, um, and, and I think, uh, I think, you know, the optimist in me says Cal Poly will pull it out at home. Yeah. I'm see I mean, you know what, um, Southern Utah's lost by one and two points. So let's say we keep the three. numbers going and they're going to lose by three. I like it. Yeah. Like, a, like a 27, 24 maybe or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah perfect. Yeah, yeah. Great. And then you got it. You got any weird, uh, weird things that you're expecting to see? Uh, I mean, that, I, like, was, I mean, like, I mean, I, I was kind of hinting to that, that I, I would not be surprised if we saw. Personally, just just knowing Baldwin and the way he will probably approach this mm -hmm. is, we see a lot more option-based offense than maybe one might expect. Where it's like, like oh, like, this is like like where we're saying we're spreading it out and we're throwing it, and maybe it's more like fifty-fifty yep. instead of a instead of a you know seventy-thirty throwing yep. approach. Okay, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to like. Um, you know, if Cal Poly's defense is holding Southern Utah down and we're not having to play from behind, I, I, I kind of like that thought that, like, um, that, that there'll be a lot more running plays. You know, the defense is led by Matt Shotwell, who's, you know, whose last name is familiar to people who are, uh, who are football fans in the FCS. Matt Shot, uh, yeah, Matt Shotwell's his name, Kyle Shotwell's his brother. Yep. And he had, I think, two other brothers that played at Cal Poly, too. Kyle was a Buck Buchanan award winner. That's right. So. That's right. Um, certainly uh, a fun family to hang out with. I, I got a chance to to see them uh, last year, uh, you know, at a game, and uh, and they're they're a great group there too, the Shotwells. So um, Matt's a you know Matt's a senior and um, mm. ready to ready to put his stamp on his career. And there's a lot of guys um, on that defense, I think, who who are also kind of rejuvenated a lot, like the some of the offensive guys are. So I think as long as Cal Poly's defense can generally hold things down, then I don't think Bo will feel like he has to throw it a lot, um, maybe. And, and maybe maybe a more conservative approach for a period of time early on might be a good way to kind of ease ease into that transition, for sure. I, I, I really like that. I like that prediction. And I mean, you, Polly has a lot of experienced guys that are returning. You're not throwing a whole bunch of redshirt freshmen out here. And so <clears throat> when the arrows are flying, like there's a lot of guys that have seen a lot of time on the field. So... Um, that ability to handle adversity when uh, pinned back or giving up a big play or, or needing to make a stop or something like that. Like, 
the guys are on the roster here. This isn't a whole bunch of brand new guys right out of high school or a whole bunch of Juco kids. Like, like I know there's some, but it's not like the whole team is assembled with just a whole bunch of guys that have never played together. So there's some, some good bonds there and some good, just kind of intangibles that can help as well too. Yeah. Yeah. Reno Watkins is going to be, and, uh, and Jojo follow are guys who, you know, have experience uh, and, and who are really big in the middle. And we talk about, kind of just plugging up anything that, you know, between the tackles, um, those guys are really good at that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what happens. I'm excited to see some schemes. You know, my prediction for this year is that there's just tons of turnovers. There's going to be some really wacky games that Cal Poly is involved <laughs> yeah. in just because of who who they are. I think there's just going to – and the big sky's like that anyway. But, um, but I just – I feel like there's going to be at least two or three of these six games that are just kind of just wacky and where you're going to see – I don't want to say things you've never seen, but things you maybe rarely see, whether it's, um, you know, seven turnovers on one side or like, you know, so I, I'm saying, you know, like maybe, yeah. the, maybe the other team commits seven, I don't know, or maybe like, you know, a bunch of turnovers between both teams. I just think this kind of a season, you're going to um, be more prone to that maybe. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping those turnovers aren't by Cal Poly, but, um, but we'll see kind of how things go. And uh, either way, I'll, I'll be captioned on camera. You can look for me. I'll be up in the stands most of the game, probably nice. um, right on the edge of the uh, of the uh, the railing there, the behind the uh, the visitors uh, bench, or maybe even behind the uh, the Cal Poly bench. So, have a good time. Um, you're gonna watch the game, I'm sure. Yep. Pluto TV. It's 12:05 Pacific time, and uh, you can catch Chris Sylvester doing doing a uh, his Big Sky TV debut. So it'll be fun. Wow. Now to uh to check out my my, my buddy chris out there um coming right, right right off the big west basketball tournament he's in vegas right now oh wow so perfect he'll be coming he'll be he'll be coming in hot for the football game um awesome brent well hey i really appreciate your time and um looking forward to chatting with you a lot more during this uh, abbreviated six game season it's possible we could get some uh some conversations with you know some other guys out there as well um i know kenny who who did the uh the Nick Cage was, you know, somebody who I've who I've uh, talked with in the past. Oh, we need to get him on. Uh, yeah, has some, has some fun things in there, and uh, and maybe get Sylvester on here too as as the season goes on, and as you know, this is the super duper crossover season. So as we don't have baseball, basketball, football Bro. all happening at the same time on campus here, we're we're hosting, you know, along with being in our conference basketball tournament right now, and having our first football game on Saturday. We're hosting a top ten UCLA baseball team as well this weekend. So, oh wow! Um, it's good. it's going to be a real fun weekend uh, on campus here. Plus sports, that's great. Well, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I'll leave with this, and this is just one more good sign of hope here. Um, as head coach of the Eastern Washington, you know how many losing seasons Bo Baldwin had? Zero. That's right. None. Six and five his first year. Let's go. Won the conference champion five of his nine seasons. The worst he ever finished was fourth, and that was the season they were just decimated with injuries. Uh, so there's a lot to be hopeful for here. And I think you look at this season, and uh, this has been told to me by sports writers uh, around the Big Sky Conference. This is just what an awesome way to just keep on working on just building this team, getting getting the new offense in place, getting everyone on the same yeah. page. I mean, you couldn't ask for more. This this should produce way uh, significantly better benefits for the team than a regular uh, spring camp seat, uh, training camp would. So uh, this yeah. is this is exciting, and it's, it's going to be fun to be on board. I'm going to have to. I'm a Packer fan too, so I've got some green. I know it's a little kind of different green, 
Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, cool. I'll definitely be in some green, and, and we'll be, we'll be cheering. And and you know, next time you need to go somewhere on vacation, you know, slows the place. I got, you know, we got, we got golf courses, we got beaches, we Perfect. got wineries, we got it all here. So make it happen. Excellent. I, uh, I, I'm definitely gonna have to find time. I want to get down there for sure. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Brent. I appreciate it. Hey, you bet. All right. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Fansmanship Podcast. For more podcasts and more in-depth sports discussion, go to fansmanship.com. Well, I've been stuck on down in trouble town. It's a lonely place, it's true. Street lights so bright, they blind my vision. The people on the streets, they beat me up till I'm black and blue. You lift me up to bring me down. You give your love to everyone around. You send me on my way to trouble town. Don't get by my way around trouble town. Front page of the news.